Hi, folks, and welcome to Chuchigatri Unlimited Trainworks, episode 20. Now, first off, uh, I know that you're expecting Rose to be welcoming you. Uh, unfortunately, she is unable to be on this episode. Uh, she's, uh, she's out. She's a little sick. Um, if, you're, uh, if you're hearing this, go send her your regards. Um, I'm sure that she will probably be feeling better by the time this comes out. But do it anyway. I don't care. Anyway, I'm John, and I'm hosting this time. And with me this week are two absolutely sensational fellow hosts of Chuchigatri. Elvie. Hello, I'm here. And I'm happy you are. <laughs> and also, returning from the pits, the dredges of anime. We have Trixie. Hey, it's me. I'm a sensation. You are. You absolutely are. And, uh... This episode is jam-fucking-packed. Because I... I'm, I'm, like, worried on how to begin. Because we have so much to talk about. But you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to dive right in. We're going to discuss... Something that is maybe... That, that is a long time coming. That is something that a lot of people have been looking forward to us talking about. Um, recently, a big, famous anime was added to Netflix that a lot of people were waiting for. That was that, uh, that's that new Saint Seiya remaster, reboot thing. Yeah! Uh, yeah. No, I'm, just, mm-hmm. I'm just playing around. They put Neon Genesis Evangelion on Netflix, and we thought it would be a good idea to revisit the classic, the ever-talked-about anime phenomenon that changed the landscape of Japanese animation forever. So yeah, we watched, we watched Evangelion and uh, the, the TV show and the movie, End to End of Eva. We're going to talk about it. Uh, first off, I guess I'll, I'll just run down like a little bit of uh, what Eva is. 
Um, it was directed by Hideki Anno, and it was made by Gainax. And, uh, you know, Gainax is something that we've talked about a lot recently, uh, you know, since we watched Gumbuster and Diebuster, pretty much the same people. Uh, Anno also directed Gunbuster, so he has had his little fingers all up in a lot of the stuff we've been talking about lately. And um, Evangelion was a bit of a subversion from what Gainax and Anno himself had worked on in the past. Um, A lot of Evangelion is more contracted, more restrained, more internal as compared to Gainax's other works, which are very bombastic and celebratory and excited about, you know, the nerdy shit that we're all into. Uh, Evangelion is a bit more reflective. It tells the story of a young boy named Shinji Akari who is suddenly called back into his father's life Gendo Akari, uh, to pilot a mecha called an Evangelion to save the world from monsters called angels. And from there, shit just goes downhill. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, it's more than what it looks like. <laughs> that's putting it mildly. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I. Rewatching Evangelion was a pretty big deal for me. Um, I watched it in full, I think, when I was in, like, early high school or something like that. Um, And watching it again now, like, halfway through college, uh, going through the motions, it hit me just as hard, if not harder, than any other... than than watching it back then, maybe. Um, So I am curious, though, how it affected... You two. Um, I guess I'll start with you, Trixie, to welcome you back. Yeah. How did you feel watching, or I guess re-watching for you, how did you feel re-watching Neon Genesis Evangelion? Uh, it was it, a lot of emotions, to say the very least. Uh, I also watched it for the first time in high school, and I couldn't get enough of it. Uh, it's... It's definitely a lot of things at once, but it's a it's a very very good drama which appealed to me then uh, more so than the mecha aspect of it at first. Uh, all all the characters I think are some of the best written I've seen in any show, uh, anime or not, uh, which is which is how they make you care about like even the minor side characters so easily, like, uh, Suzuhara, uh, Toji, uh, like, seeing his character growth and, uh, what ends up happening to him was emotionally devastating, even though he's, like, not even a big-time player in the grand scheme of things, uh, and it just does that with every character, it just, once it just makes you feel bad for it just when you think hope's coming uh only ends up going more and more downhill but uh yeah i i very much loved its writing uh how reflective it is of uh Anno's strengths and uh his own personality uh 
as we learn from the show, uh, taking a sharp turn. Because it probably, I don't think it started out uh, with uh, its ending in mind, even remotely. Probably not. I mean, the the show, uh, as it goes along, I feel it starts to air Anno's feelings and his grievances and his personal struggles with mental health throughout. Um, uh, from I, I, I might have to um, back up my claims a little bit with some Google searching, but I'm pretty sure that at the time he was going through a very rough divorce. He was struggling with budgetary problems with Evangelion. Uh, Gynax was go- just going through the shits as the, they often do. And it it's reflected in his work and yeah. it's reflected in the show itself um it's uh there there's some points where it's like hmm you know ano might be ano might be projecting a little too much on some things like hey you know he's he, he's he, he he's obviously going through a very rough time with a woman thought that he thought he loved but there's all, there's there's some weird backlash with some of the women characters in the show oh, but there is also some vi- there's also some well-written aspects to them as well so i, I don't i'm not gonna say it's pure good there even even the most majorly like flawed characters in terms of like either personality or writing are still compelling enough that like oh, i absolutely. can i can personally uh look past some of uh Anno's projections uh sure yeah uh i especially uh and i don't know if this is still contentious in 2019 but i still really really love shinji akari as a character especially sure uh, i was i was gonna ask like uh who some of your favorite characters are um would you say shinji's your favorite i'd say so yeah uh it's it's uh, rewatching especially really struck me how uh, differently I view him now compared to the last two times I watched it, which were uh, in high school and just post graduation. It's uh, mm-hmm. like I use I start to empath- empathize more with him over the years, and like yeah, his his situation's pretty understandable, you know, all things considered, like. It's not... Mm-hmm. I I don't find him as unreasonable as I may once have. Uh, not, like, knowing exactly how to... Uh, I, I guess a better way to put it is uh, watching uh, Evangelion in high school helped me uh, conceptualize my depression better and, mm-hmm. uh, and seeing Shinji Ikari the older I get helps me conceptualize it even better. It helps me empathize with him more. Uh, I, f- I definitely feel like he's a character who, like, the first time you watch, you may just be like, as most people seem to do, like, oh, this whiny-ass bratty kid, uh, etc. But I think the more you watch or the older you get, the easier it is to relate or understand what he's going through better and i 
And it wouldn't work if he wasn't, like, so... Uh... So well written to boo. Mm-hmm. I think something that a lot of people don't put together is that Shinji's pro like like because I feel like a a lot of people who watch the show at first, the kind of people that are just like, oh man, I wish I could pilot a big robot, be around all these hot babes all the time, yeah. man, all that shit. I feel like they don't realize that the reason why Shinji isn't happy about that is because he's not getting a... He's not getting the standard anime experience through it. Yeah. Like, if 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 you were just, like, a badass mech pilot and hanging out with all these bodacious space, space babes, and they all, like, loved you, and you were just going on this, like, righteous quest to win, and you didn't have to worry about shit... You'd be having a great time. I bet Shinji would be having a great time. But the difference is, is that he's not going through that. He's going through something that is emotionally taxing. He's around people that only want him for his piloting abilities and not for himself. Yeah. Or at least that's that's how he sees these interactions. And like the problem is, is that, hey, maybe those other people do want to have a better relationship with him. But they can't for their own problems. Like, for example, like, Misato wants to be a more, like, motherly figure to him. But she can barely interact with people her age. And she doesn't really know how to interact with men in a non, like, sexual way. Which, you know, is highlighted in End of Ava where, you know, she's, like, like, she's dying in front of Shinji trying to comfort him to convince him to go help Asuka and the only thing she can think of doing is to like make out with him and promise him to have sex with him later like she doesn't like can she doesn't know that she can do something else that she can just be there for him and you know it's it's yeah. it, it, it's really hard to watch cuz it's just like she like she really could have helped him out more, but she couldn't get past her own, like, roadblocks. And, you know, that that same thing happens with, like, every other character. Like, Asuka is, you know, she won't let anyone in because she doesn't want to feel, she doesn't want to feel the loss that she lost with her mother. And, you know, there, there's just so many different, God, like, layers yeah. of all these characters. Because... You know, nobody wants to let anyone else in. Like, Shinji doesn't want... There's, there's even a moment where Misato almost does act as a, like, motherly figure to Shinji, but he casts her aside because he's so upset, and then she basically just gives up on it. Yeah, it's like the, depressing to see. Yeah, it's... there. There's just all these moments that build and build and build. And, you know, like, I, I think... Like, during End of Ava, all the scenes with, like, the flashing imagery, I think that's almost, like, an essential part of it. It's not just like, oh, man, look at how trippy this is. It's like, these are the moments that led up to this falling apart. Yeah. And I think that's just, like, really smart to incorporate that. Um, we've been talking for a hot minute. Uh, LV, uh, <laughs> please feel free to join in. What are some things yeah, that totally. you enjoy about End of Ava? Oh, no. Well, not I just, just End of Ava, just Evangelion in general. Excuse me. Oh, I didn't want to interrupt because these are all very great thoughts, essentially. And you know, I, I, I basically agree with Trixie's sentiment, like, um, you know, as opposed to when I watched it, you know, as a teenager myself, you know, 
you know, I think all of us like watched it at a pretty appropriate time. Um, watching it now, the series as a whole, um, and looking at it now as an older person, right? I wouldn't say more mature, definitely not. <laughs> but looking at it now, um, it, it, there's definitely a new perspective. Um, you know, like people, you, you know, often notoriously Shinji is criticized, um, you know, around the anime parts is like, you know, whining and all that. Like, you know, and I think that's often a byproduct of, you know, just honestly, I think toxic masculinity in a way. Um, but in reality, yeah, Shinji's honestly a real reflection of this is what su- <laughs> this is what a teenager would be like in a situation like this. Everyone sucks, and like there are greater stakes at hold. You know, meanwhile, um, you have this huge allegory for like alle- this huge allegory and struggles when it comes to like doing with the awkwardness and like all the normal things you you know people as is have to deal with adolescence. But meanwhile, the apocalypse is happening in the background, and there's really no one else to turn to in this situation because again, everyone sucks. Yeah, um, but. And yeah, in that regard, Shinji is otherwise a more powerful character than people think him to be and like had thought him to be. And I, I, and I think it's refreshing now that this series has been ha- has been generally having has been generally having a good reception to, I think, new watchers going into it. You know, besides the whole issue in regards to like, you know, how it was translated, you know, like everyone knows the stuff going on with that, you know, that drama and like the discourse around it. But I think in general, I've been noticing a lot of people who have never seen the series before and like are going into it now or have been receiving it generally positively. Um, and I think that speaks a lot to in terms of like the anime audience today. And, you know, some people who are not like I have a coworker who's not into anime at all. Like this is his first time like delving into these things. Like there's like a, a Ghibli festival going or Ghibli festival, however you pronounce it. Like there's a Ghibli festival going on. He's like just picking and choosing what to watch. Like, this is his first time, like, approaching anime, and he's trying to go into this series because he's seen Ano's version of Godzilla, Gojira, and, you know, this is just among his works he wants to delve into. Like, there's non-anime fans, like, looking into this series now, now that it's on, like, a big mainstream platform. And, again, as I've said, like, people have been receiving it uh, pretty well, and I haven't heard, like, much neg- negativity over it besides the fact, like, you know, if there are themes in it you don't like, you won't like it. But in general, mm-hmm. people have been pretty open-minded to it, and that's wonderful. Um, yeah. 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 And, you know, like, going upon what you said, yeah, it's... The- <laughs> The show is, like, and what have both of you said, really, like, the show really goes beyond being, like, a, a mech, mecha series. I don't think it's really that. I think, like, at a certain point, it's not really categorizable. Like, I think it, it goes beyond that. I, uh, like, yeah, all the characters are well-written, as Trixie said, and I, I would say, like, a big thing around the show, and we see that especially with how important that dynamic between, you know, that relationship between Shinji and Karu is. It's, like, I think everyone in this show struggles with the concept of love and like what love is and how unfortunately in a weird way, I think love couldn't save these people. Right. Like it, Mm -hmm. it, it's a very, it's a very cynical nihilistic show, you know, but that's up to interpretation. I think maybe there's some sort of like sliver of light to how the series like concludes in a way, but right. As, as stated, like compared to like, uh, like, other Gynex works. This is not a show about like looking towards the future. Like the show basically is like there is no future, or like <laughs> your future is like in your hands. But it's you're gonna you can fuck it up, you know. Like I, 
it's it, it it definitely transcends what like what its genre was and what it intended to be. And I agree. Like I do wonder like like if how like how the show ended. I don't know if that was something conceived at the start, and I don't know I don't know if that really unfortunately was wrapped around like Anno and like maybe other the other writers on the series like their psyche around that point in time. And unfortunately, like you know whatever was going on in his mental state. And I would correct something. I don't think he ever did marry at all until like 10 years after the series to Mayoko Ono. Um, but I, I believe what was going on around that time. And again, I can't speculate, um, but he, you have to consider this. Like he founded Gynex. He was a co-founder of Gynex when he was only in his twenties. And that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, before Gunbuster and all, like he was like the first series was Nadia in the blue water, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the adaptation of like a thousand leagues under sea, um, and yeah, I think I think really it's just like you can't you can't define depression. That's un- that's unfortunately something that happens, right? So mm-hmm. I I don't know, you know, I wouldn't say there probably was any like external factors that was going on, but something you know whatever happened, like you know something just hit him hard, and he was very young, and I think people forget that when this series was being produced and conceived around that point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. I will say, I do... Uh, I wouldn't fully disagree with you, but I do think... I think Evangelion has more hope in it than mm-hmm. a lot of people think. So even end of Ava. Like, the world fucking ends <laughs> in that movie. But there is still so much hope within it that, like, just just hearing Yui Akari talking about how if you know, if if you have a will to live, if you have a drive, if you are still alive, then anywhere can be paradise. Like I just think about that line. I've been thinking about that God, line, yeah, over and over yeah. again. Just like that really inst that 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 instills some hope. Like straight up, mm-hmm. that's a good line. Just thinking about if if you have something within you that drives you, then there's there's something there's something to your life you know there's some there's a reason to keep going yeah no matter what it is like and that's really powerful shinji like there has to be enough hope that shinji of all people like brought the world back from the total brink of like uh hive-minded consciousness so yeah mm-hmm. especially the tv uh ending i would call a lot more hopeful than the people give it credit for i think mm-hmm. i was like bawling at the end of that oh, like yeah. i i was crying it's so it's so beautiful just i don't know i had this it, th- there was like a part of it that wasn't like like i had like this weird revelation and i don't know it kind of came off the back of the ending of ava but well, the tv show ending I, as i was watching it i just had this moment where, you know, like, everyone's, like, talking to Shinji and, like, you know, going through and trying to, like, tell him, like, look, you know, you're convincing yourself that people hate you, you know? you It's all about what you're thinking about. And I just had this thought that was, like, you know, a lot of us that have self-worth issues, you know, we're often really ready to drop everything and help other people and think of others in times of need and all that, and... I just had this moment where I was like, just do that for yourself. Like, think about yourself as a person just like your friends and do those things to yourself, too. Yeah. And I know that's just like such like a weird, simple thing, but 
I've been carrying myself a little bit better the past few days just thinking about, like, man, if I was, like, my friend, I'd be fine with what I'm doing. I'm, I'd be fine with that. I think that's fine, you know? Like, if... Like, I just think about, like, hey, you know, it's... You're, you're fine. You're fine. So maybe that's just something people need to think about. People need to hear. Just, like, look, consider consider yourself like you're, you're a friend of yours. You're going out you there. You this. If you would... If if you would go to the Walgreens and pick up your friend a snack, do that to yourself too. You're your friend. Go do that. Go buy yourself some candy. You're fine. Hell go yeah. Do it. Hell yeah. Get those yeah. little gummy bears. Those are great. Highly recommend. Don't don't get too many of those. You end up like the <laughs> LA Beast where he like shat for two hours. But don't but do treat that. yourself. Treat yourself. Get, get a get a few yeah. though. A few yeah. are fine. Don't well. Don't eat the whole no, bag. It, it, yeah, yeah, don't don't, don't eat all of them. Don't <laughs> get a bag, but like save it least. for when you want to treat yourself. That's that's what, yeah. <laughs> Not endorsing eating too much candy. We we don't endorse that um, here on the. <laughs> yeah, no, it's and 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 <laughs> Ava is. I feel like Ava's central plot thesis is that, like, human human the human condition is one of pain, but it is also one of helping each other get through that and that we should work together to lessen that pain and but but the removal of all of it would just kind of stagnate us in a way i think that's at least what they're trying to say so i just i i, I think the that anna just thinks that you know what makes us human is the connections we make and the ways that we help each other out yeah that that's what i feel yeah, I, okay. yeah, now that you, you know, mentioned that, it does make sense, like, you know, for, for Shinji to be at least one of the, you know, few if only other person to survive in the end, you know, to be the one to make it through in the end, despite all that, despite the fact that, you know, he's not, gonna, you know, he's not going to be credited for that, he's not going to be recognized for that, and, like, he's certainly going to go through a hell, like, you know, now that he's just there, and, and Asuka, like, that's, that's enough of a reward in a really, you know, upsetting way, and so to speak. But nonetheless, that was a victory, right? That was a victory for him. And despite everything he went through, he's the one who makes it out alive. And, you know, whatever that state may be. Um, and I think I think it really goes along with the thesis that, you know, I think, you know, from what I recall, I think Anno did explicitly say something about, like, especially in terms of justifying how really hard and tough the series gets through and then with end of Ava and culminating um like his I I, I think like his own belief that like suffering in a way is kind of necessary to be human um and unfortunately you know like and suffering is kind of one of those vices that comes with human emotion but and you know what I mentioned about love like I, I I think it's I think it's one of those tough things to swallow and like accept that like you're gonna go through pain you know to get mm-hmm. to the end um, whatever that end may be, whatever may be a good end, and I, I, you know, he used Shinji in a way to be that avatar to demonstrate that fact. Uh, All right. Uh, oh boy, yeah. This is this is just a lot of conversation. <laughs> this is a lot. Um, this is a very dense text. The show is, and it, I don't know. It means a lot to me personally, and I feel like it means a lot to to y'all too. Yeah, um, absolutely. Like, like Ava is definitely still one of my favorite animes, if not maybe my favorite still. And I mean, End of Ava is absolutely still one of my favorite movies, just period. So same. Yeah, like just being able to rewatch it 
being able to rewatch it really meant something. And, you know, I'm glad that Chuchigatri is a, you know, an excuse to do so and that we could talk about it. Um, uh, LV, is there anything like last that you want to talk about Ava? Is there, are there any things you want to shout out? Any like favorite episodes, favorite moments, favorite characters? Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, I want to like add in that. I'm really glad we watched Gunbuster slash Diebuster, you know, preceding this Mm -hmm. because like, again watching it now again like i think watching all these episodes um all at once you know versus how they were spaced out in private like you really do see that influence you really do see the elements of gunbuster (laughs) and ava especially with how it at least initially pans out the idea of like um and now now today this is a common trope you know the idea of you know just let's less invest in these young teenagers and to save the world. That's the most basic premise, right? That a lot of mm-hmm. anime has now, especially in sci-fi. And, you know, and the question of like, why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this to these young people? Um, but, you know, on that, I think my favorite episodes is the, yeah, the introduction of Asuka, like the, the whole, like, <laughs> and I think a lot of people will say this, the whole, like, you know, dance, you know, dance to your victory, dance to you. And the whole, that whole sequence is one of the best things <laughs> I still like want to invest. Like I still want to say um, I ever seen an anime. Like that's such a very classic, iconic scene in which the two are trying to learn how to synchronize together, and it's not quite working. But it kind you kind of see that hint of it, like working in the end. But episodes eight to like ten, I believe. I believe you know you still see that um, slice of normalcy, so to speak, in school life mm-hmm. versus the contrast of like oh shoot, there's like disaster happening on the side and there's like this really great mixture of humor but also seriousness because there's still stakes going on like hey you guys are should be still like you know training for all that um like those are definitely my favorite episodes and i i, I feel like a lot of people give oscar like way too much shit like for like oh, how she is when you realize like i think these episodes too like her introduction i think are really good you know I don't think they do the best of the job foreshadowing really like how like why she's the way she is but like I, I I think there are enough I think there's enough blips and blips and hints as to like really how messed up she really what she really is yeah. um, um, in these episodes before really it gets really um, darker down the series line but I think I think like basically most of the episodes like in the first half of the series were the best because of like this nice exposition in between the the very lighthearted stuff versus serious stuff and like you know if you were one were to look back at these episodes and again it's it's all speculative whether or not like how the series pans out and how it concludes was really something in mind to begin with or whether that's something just made up like as things were going along i i there's like very interesting um plot elements and like metaphors towards what happens later on that i think you know especially when it comes to asuka i like in these earlier episodes that i think were very strong Mm-hmm. Especially the like you know, especially the whole thing where she um was it her her um was it with Toji? Yeah, her dynamic with Toji <laughs> or early mm-hmm. on um was really good. Um stuff like that. And then how like you know, how Toji himself, like, you know what happens to him is it's a good series. That's that's really all I have to say. <laughs> it's a good series, it's a strong series and it deserves it deserves the praise, it deserves the it deserves the the title it earned in terms of being like mm-hmm. one of the classic air quote um anime that has really defined modern anime moving forward for a lot of reasons yeah. sure um 
Trixie, how about you? Uh, any last words? About any favorite episodes? Anything you want to shout out? Uh, I am particularly a fan of End of Ava. It's one of my favorite movies ever. I've seen it mm-hmm. nearly 20 times by this point. Uh, mm-hmm. More than the show itself, honestly. Uh, it's... Yeah, although... I was gonna ask if I can talk about the Rebuild movies a little, cause I saw those, uh, and... Sure, sure, yeah, go ahead. I mean, yeah, we didn't assign the Rebuild movies, um, I, I don't know about you, LV, uh, mm-hmm. I've seen them, but it's been a hot minute, I definitely want to revisit them, mm-hmm. um, especially 3, cause... Uh, 3.0 plus 1.0 is coming out uh, next year, and I th- definitely want to watch those rebuilds, especially with having the uh, the original anime fresh in my mind. I think that would help out a lot. So talk to us about the rebuilds, Trixie. Well, they're, they're an alternate take on the series, uh, for better or for worse, depending on who you ask. They're still highly contentious. Uh, I personally loved all of them. I liked seeing an alternate take on a series I adore, uh, especially with uh, more modern for the time visuals and CG. Uh, the first movie is just more or less a reanimation of uh, the first six episodes. Uh, obviously, looks way better. Uh, it's. I, it made me wish the whole series got an animation update, even though I know, like, that's not part of its uh, charm or appeal or whatever. But, uh, the second and third movies are especially interesting because they diverge wildly from the source. Like, there's some scenes in the second movie that are, that are uh, lifted from the show, like, uh, Misao's backstory and, uh, uh, what's his face that Misato loves? I can never remember his name. Kaji. Kaji, yeah. Uh, but other than that, it's like a whole other thing. There's they introduce this new fan servicey character, uh, which people are also really love or hate on, uh, because she's pretty much only there for fan service. Uh, I think she kind of comes into her own in the third movie, but yeah, in the in the second movie, it's pretty much just like yeah, she's she's bouncing around all over the place, isn't she? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, she she still works, I think, for the movie, and uh, I I appreciate its uh, take. The main thing that I came away with uh, is that the series somehow manages to be the movie series, at least manages to be like, less bleak, but also more bleak, depending on the situation. Uh, Shinji mostly gets a better deal, I think. Uh, and I guess they don't explore the other characters too much. It's mainly a Shinji-centric fair, which I'm fine with, I suppose. Uh, it's the third. Yeah, I think that I think that's smart for something that isn't as long as the show. Yeah, because you know? there's no way you can like, especially with the direction Anno took it. There's no way you could do like twenty-ish more episodes in a two-hour film. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he did the best uh, with what he could, and I still I still really got invested in it. But uh, 
it was the third movie, especially, that I loved, uh, which is definitely a hot take from what I know, but, uh, Oh, yeah, a lot of people really dislike the third movie, but don't worry, you are safe here. I I also really like the third movie. I um, I think maybe we should just touch upon uh, some, a, little, a little hashtag controversy here. Um, I, we could talk a little bit about the translation for Netflix. Um, how did you all watch Evangelion? Uh, am I legally allowed uh, to say non-Netflix? Uh, okay, yeah. I guess I should just say, um... <laughs> that, that You, you could just say that. You're with that and, question, honestly. Yeah, I, I did not mean to do that. I did not... I am not a cop, okay? Um, I trust you, sure not a cop. Mm-hmm. All right, uh... Okay, then I guess I'll just say, did you watch it on Netflix or not? And you can just leave it vague there. Absolutely, positively. Yeah. Uh, I do... Not on Netflix? Uh... We'll leave that open to debate. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I watched the Netflix version, yes. As did I. Mm-hmm. So, I will say, um, you know, it's been, a, it's been a long time since I watched the original translation, or I guess whatever translation was on illegal streaming sites back in the day. Um, but I thought the Netflix translation was fine um there were some dumb choices like leaving the instead of just changing it to first child they had to say first children mm-hmm. like ah yes yeah. shinji the first children <laughs> yeah. which is just yeah. really dumb um the other things that people complained about uh the the one thing that i think is like kind of a dumb complaint and i mean i guess i'll i'll hear arguments against it but there were some people that were trying to say that the translator was like a big like Nazi or something because they tried to attribute one of the angel attacks to a quote unquote leftist terrorist. And I think something you should try to remember is that the people that are putting out the messages in that world, like say lay a nerve, are bad and hey, you know, they're trying to throw leftists under the bus there for all the angel shit you know maybe they're not exactly good maybe they're not exactly being presented in a good light for doing that um but also uh the other thing that i do agree is shitty and uh did piss me off is the weakening of the language of kaoru and shinji's uh, relationship yeah um there's still plenty of body language. They cannot erase that body language. They cannot erase how much Shinji blushes. But I think it's an absolute cop-out that Kaoru just says that he likes Shinji and the whole worthy of his worthy grace of his shit. Grace. Hell yeah. That's really lame. And I, I don't I don't know exactly whose call that is. There's been all this talk that it's probably Studio Kara because they got pissed off at how people were flipping out about Ava 3.0. Who knows? But the point is, is that it sucks, and that's absolutely something that I think is a lesser thing, yeah. and I agree with people. Um, yeah, but I, I, I also don't think that the dude who translated it is some like crazy Nazi, though. I am, I am pretty sure that that is not the case, but, you know, if I'm wrong about that, then I will say that I'm wrong about that. If that dude fully shows his ass, then okay, but, I mean, I don't know the guy. I haven't, like, trolled through his Twitter, but... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't I don't know if it's like 
just just from the evidence of oh hey he probably got told to turn down the gay by some homophobic people at studio kara and also was just really literal in his translation i don't think that equates nazism but again if the if the dude actually is a piece of shit then i then i will change my tune but just from just from the text in the show in on the netflix translation i don't think that's that's enough <laughs> yeah my observations of the netflix translation is mostly on on point with yours i i think to a certain degree i think people started nitpicking because of unfortunately the really bad yeah the really bad uh choice to they made with you know karun shinji's scene you know like really toned that down i believe also the you know people were observing different language versions on netflix uh of that scene in particular um like the spanish version he karun explicitly says i love you um so Mm -hmm. it's interesting how the english version seems to be the worst one. Well, I'm not going to say that. Not the worst one, but it seems to have the most complaints towards it. Mm-hmm. Like, the Japanese Japanese Netflix uh, has Fly Me to the Moon, for instance. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's like, wow, strange. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Like, uh, there, yeah, minor complaints, really. It's just like, yeah, some parts sounded stiff and awkward. The first children thing, for instance, the tenses. Like, like some parts definitely did not sound like, yeah, a, a human being, a teenager would say this. Like, no, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think they would talk like that. Mm-hmm. I think definitely people start people start getting very nitpicky based on like their own, um, you know, own grievances justifiably with and anger like towards yeah like how messed up that basically you know washed out that scene between Karu and Shinji and the, how that, what that actual relationship is defined. It's explicit. It's right there and rebuild. They're mm-hmm. basically screwing. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think for the most part it's fine. I think also some people are very warped by like how the show got really memefied over time, seeing a lot of screenshots out of context, you know, some stuff that's like been translated by like non official you know mm-hmm. like I, I I think like I think some people don't remember some scenes as they used to. I think there definitely is some sort of like, you know, tinted glasses effect going on there with yeah, some particular absolutely. moments. Um I, I, my grievances with Netflix in particular is like something I have a problem with, with a lot of streaming platforms. For some reason, they don't um, like. Why are you not subtitling signs? Like, or is that like I don't. Yeah, it's it's like now. fuck. Like, ex- like why are you not like this? Might be important. This might be an expert. Like, I don't know why. Um, and and the lot of streaming platforms have this problem. Like, I don't know why they keep doing this. Or like a, a scene where a character is not s- speaking English. Um, oh yeah, I also saw it dubbed. I saw the dub version. I, I think the voice casting is fine. I think I think it was fine. Um, yeah, I didn't. But watch that's the my dub. T- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's generally fine. Um, what's his name? Dead again. Uh, I'll, I'll get on that when I remember his name. Um, but mm-hmm. in general, like, I don't know why a lot of streaming platforms do this. It's it's really insulting. So- like, it's really the service to like reasons why these things fan out um for instance if a character is speaking something in a different language they're not translating that language i don't know why like oh asuka speaking german like thanks like that's not helping me <laughs> yeah i could tell um, <laughs> like, no, no uh so like, i mean that part there's not really an excuse but for the sign stuff i've yeah. actually i've seen some reports that that is because of some like old like bullshit with netflix's uh design that they can't mm. really do multiple subtitles at once uh-huh. So they just can't do. They they were just like, yeah, just don't do signs because then it, that would probably screw up a lot of stuff. And then 
you know, like there would be some points where nobody's talking and then they could subtitle a sign, but if someone was talking, they couldn't, so it would be kind of uneven. So I guess they were just like, yeah, just don't do it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I guess that's just like part of Netflix's infrastructure. And, you know, maybe if they put this out on Blu-ray or something, maybe they will have subtitles on the signs because they won't have to worry about it being on Netflix. But until then, yeah, I, I think I think it is mostly just because of Netflix's infrastructure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how it's like what like ten over ten years old, probably right. ten years Something old now. Like, like yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I remember his name. I don't know why I forgot his name. He's very significant. Okay, Ray Chase dubs Gendo Ikari in the Netflix redub, who is most famously known for being Noctis in Final Fantasy Fifteen. He also was even near, and like he did an excellent job. I think, like I think he definitely stood out the most, and he surprised me. Like, oh yeah, he was able to do that performance well. Um, yeah, in general, yeah, I, I thought it was fine. Like, I don't, I don't. Besides the obvious egregious like problems, which again mostly is the Shinji Karu um, issue, um, it was fine. I think it did its job. That's really what it was. It did its job, and it's a shame Fly Me to the Moon was not. I don't know. They didn't shell out money for that, but. No, it was fine, and I think it's I think it's good that at least a version of this show exists for new people to watch it. And I'm glad that most new people that I've overheard talking about watching it, they enjoyed it. And just to like you know one last point on like the leftist thing, um, yeah. Oh, geez, yeah. I, I I think I think it's valid. People got upset with that, but again, like you said, I think contextually it makes sense. When but also. Um, I think a lot of people are approaching that screenshot out of context and not realizing that the word leftist means something very different in Japan. This this series was made, um, the series debuted when Japan was still recovering from a horrible, like, subway terrorist attack, essentially, where, like, extremists, this, you know, extremist Buddhist cult, essentially, like, yeah, they killed people, like, yeah, fucked up. And the word leftist means something very different in Japan, and like leftism likely might be referring to that particular incident, and also the the word left on, it's not as black and white as it is in the states or maybe in other countries, um, you know, where right and left means something very specific on the political spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas in Japan, there's like a jillion different political parties that has left or democratic in the title, and they don't mean what you think. So it's more yeah. nuanced than that. Like the word leftist is more nuanced than that. And I, I would just only, my only, my only fault to the translator, you know, besides the other issues was, you know, like knowing that this would go to probably an American audience, like they probably should have considered like a different, you know, different language to, for that line of dialogue. But who knows? Again, that's, yeah. that's just for sure. what that is. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's your job to be like, you know, like, Oh, this might be a curse word or this might be something questionable in this language, you know, maybe, or in this culture, this audience that it's going to show to you, I, I might have to reconsider how I would translate this or how would I script this, you know, it's just one of mm-hmm. those things. Sure. And I, but I don't think the intention was to, you know, do- domish like leftism, you know, as mm-hmm. we know it in the Western context. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, we didn't get too much uh, talk of Ava, but you know, let's go through it real quick. Uh, we got um, an opinion here from Gregory Zero. Honestly loving how much attention the original Ava has been getting as a result of the Netflix release. Hearing opinions from places like Waypoint has been extremely good for my soul and has really put the show's themes in a more broad context for me, both in good and bad lights. I originally watched it in high school and honestly can't wait to eventually watch it again. Thank you for that. Uh, Hell yeah. I'm I'm so glad that Ava's being rediscovered after all these years, pretty much. It's not 
It's not finally staying a cult classic. Well, Mr. Gregory Zero, I hope that you are also happy that the website video game Choo Choo is also talking about it and not just Waypoint, you know? Thank you. I'm being a bastard. <laughs> um, and uh, our own Zach sent in two questions. Uh, first off, what beverage do you think the Tang LCL tastes like? Hard mode, no orange-based drinks. Uh um well uh, i i will also friend of the site Stu, who has helped us with a lot of uh web design and also made the tiggers numbers bot uh did point out that the canon answer answer is blood so you know just a little reminder there <laughs> yeah but what do you think it would right. taste like in a fun way monster a- <laughs> yeah it would taste like probably like a horrible combination of like every not not sports energy drinks like uh, like uh, those bad like sugar energy drinks that are not Gamer they don't really have drinks. anything f- right yeah just but every flavor combined like you know if you just <laughs> not i orange. think it would just i think yeah. it would just taste like code red mm-hmm. just pure code red oh ooh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. probably uh and uh zach also asked when are we going to get a mecha anime that's just based on the Dance Like You Want to Win episode of Evangelion? <laughs> My fave episode. Um, gosh. Definitely. Like, like, they, like they just... Wow, okay. I guess I should say my favorite episodes, too. I didn't say that. Uh, I guess my favorite episode, probably just the last two of the show, mm-hmm. Like th- those hit me really hard and yeah. were incredible, and I loved yeah. them. Yeah. Those last two or three are my favorite, easily. Mm-hmm. Also, Magma Diver. No. <laughs> Not a fan of Magma Diver? That's, like, the episode everybody hates. Like, everyone hates I, Magma Diver. I, I think it's charming in its own way, honestly. It's, it's, yeah, I don't, hmm. It's, 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 it's fine. Look. Look, it's it's, it's not, not anything special, but at least it's not fucking weaving a story, which is just a clip mm-hmm. episode. I I will stand to bat for that clip episode because I think I think they did it uh, better than other clip show uh, clip episodes from shows I've seen before. Like, yeah, like I actually kind of like that they set it up as like a debriefing that, or or not even a debriefing, just like Gendo getting chewed out by Sayla. Yeah, that's <laughs> pissed at his shit. Uh, it's good. Oddly enough, Magma Divers, the episode I remember best from my original watch of Ava, I think even I was like, what is going on with this? I, I, I think people also are very, I mean, honestly, this also was an episode, I think, that it, it brought a little more dimension to Asuka, to be honest. Yeah. Um, there's, and again, people don't like Asuka, so I don't know. I'm going to complain the two different things, but... Um, no, you're probably right. I, 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 no, but I can see it, yeah. It, it it feels more like a filler compared to other episodes in the series that have the same mm-hmm. role as being filler, but they didn't quite... Um, they didn't... I, I, yeah, like, people didn't... People don't think this they were as pointless, or they had more point to it versus, you know, Magma Driver, but, like... Di- Magma Diver, sorry. Um, but... I don't know. It, had, it, had a, it has moments in it, though. It has redeemable moments, I think. Mm-hmm. It's sure. not awful. All right. Now it's time I fear to tell I've been 
Well, we talked about Ava for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, uh, let's move on. Uh, Trixie, why don't you tell us a little bit about what went down at AX? Hell yeah, I didn't see shit at AX because those lines are fucking impossible. Uh, <laughs> it was, It was not as hot this year as it was last year when it was scorching uh but there's like there so for example i wanted to see promare really badly uh but i got there really early uh so i got to see how big the jojo's uh line was for a jojo's panel and there was like four thousand people lined up or something jesus christ uh yeah i should i guess i should preface this first by saying that AX, not the best run convention. Uh, mm-hmm. the, a big issue they had this year was a, a well, issue depending on how you look at it, but there wasn't like a registration limit, so thousands and thousands of people uh, registered, even like testing the capacity limits of th- that convention center, I would say. Uh, so you have at the very least, hundreds of people for a, a few thousand scheduled panel or premiere lineup outside in the weather, and it, like, I don't, I wasn't uh, prepared to do that. I think, especially since, as I learned later, uh, some premieres had a rule where they'd let people in from the last line or people who were, uh, who were in the last. Uh, panel or premiere stay for the next one which would reduce the uh, capacity limits for people wanting to see stuff uh, mm-hmm. so it was a mess all around I didn't get to see premiere or waiver but uh, I had fun uh, walking around the chaos that's anime expo uh, it was a, there was also a lot of Shield Hero promotion, like a lot of Shield Hero promotion, even though the show mm-hmm. ended. Uh, the hotel I was staying in had a giant pillar adorned with a Crunchyroll Shield Hero ad. I just had to walk by the Shield Hero every day. Yeah, there was there was also a slime pillar as well, but uh, I I don't think that. Uh, that one got nearly as many pictures as the Shield Hero ad did. Oh. Well, mm. yeah, it's it's not as boring or generic as Shield Hero, so of course it's not gonna be as well received. Yeah, was a yeah. Hot takes coming in from you Woo! here at Chooch. Getting spicy tonight. All right, I like it. I like air it. Air horns, air horns everywhere. <laughs> So, uh, I, I guess I, I, I like asking this question. I like to hear this. Uh, did you get, did you get a good haul? Did you buy any, uh, treats for yourself? Oh yeah. I, most of what I got, most of what I got this year was shirts. If I'm being honest, like getting shirts from various artists, alley, uh, vendors and booths. Uh, but anyone you want to shout out? Uh, shit. I don't have the business cards with me, so I can, but, uh, lots of artists, uh, Every artist that does a con, you're braver than U.S. Marines. <laughs> like, undeniably. Uh, sure. I did get some uh, art books, though, uh, which I'm very happy of. Uh, mostly Fate stuff this year, so I just got mostly Fate art books. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I did also get a uh, Toho fan music CD, uh, oh. which uh, is not a mix I've seen online before, so I was happy to pick that up. That's cool. Hell yeah. And of course, uh, uh, Prince. Uh, some pop team epic ones to spice up my room. Uh, a lot, nice. a lot more pop team epic this year than I expected as well. Uh, still going on strong, thankfully. Mm-hmm. May it never die. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out as well to the one Mahiro Koizumi cosplayer I saw. Uh, up from zero from last year, so this was already a better anime expo, just based on that alone. Mm-hmm. It's good. Sounds like you had a wonderful time. Hell yeah. I only wish I saw Premiere. I gotta wait, like, until next year to watch it, so rip me. It's not next year, it's like a few months. Oh yeah, but, uh, not to dox myself, but where I live, we don't get, uh, we don't get wide uh, screen uh, premieres. Oh, we only get the most popular I'm sorry. stuff. So yeah, I'm sorry. I gotta Jeez. wait for that Blu-ray. I mean, you know, there there will probably be ways to watch it. Don't worry. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Well, actually, real quick, I guess I will. Uh. I'll follow that up with uh, one of the other little uh, opinions. I guess. Uh. Also from Gregory Zero. Uh, Second year attending AX. I would say I enjoyed my time there more this time around. Giving in to the expectation of waiting to do almost anything, plus much more planning ahead, made my time at the con more focused and with significantly less meandering. Still had a great time seeing Trixie and the crew, which honestly makes a lot of the ridiculous expense worth it. Also, we absolutely felt the bigger earthquake while we were down there, and it was kind of sick as hell. AX 2019 gets a 7 out of 10. Oh, yeah, I, I I didn't die to an earthquake, which was surprising, since I, it felt like I was going to die to an earthquake. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad everyone was okay. Yeah. Glad you're safe and with us, yeah. Mm-hmm. Earthquakes can't right. kill anime, yeah. Mm-hmm, Well, what will? <laughs> All right. Um, LV. Yeah. What's been going on with you? What kind of uh, crazy action have you been getting up to lately? Well, I I didn't go to well I didn't go to one of the biggest anime cons in the United States, unfortunately not. But mm. also probably for the best. It, it seems like it seems like a lot. <laughs> it can it can certainly be a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way too many people. Mm-hmm. Th- thankfully, it seemed like it wasn't as hot as like previous years, where that's a huge problem. Yeah, with the lines outside, the lines still going with the earthquake happening. Insane. Oh yeah, there was there was reporting on uh, the con when the first earthquake happened because mm-hmm. uh, the news kept thinking everybody was evacuating the convention, not lining up for it. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Can't stop can't stop anime fans nope. you really can't you can't stop anime you can't stop anime fans you can't <laughs> just absolutely invincible oh jeez no, well no yeah nothing that exciting for me i just been um kind of following the season the the summer well slash late summer I, I don't know what at this point it would be considered but um pretty faithfully in terms of the stuff going on um I noticed, yeah, you've been following Dr. Stone as well, John. Um, 
I sure Ooh, have. Recent, most recent. Yeah, it's fine. It's going fine right now. It's it's still insane. It's still insane. Like, um, I I don't know if you've seen the most recent one. Um, yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. So I think this is about where the first volume ends. Really? So oh, this interesting. Is, yeah, everything okay. from here is probably like new frontier for me. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. So you you read the first volume of the manga yes. so far? Okay. Yeah. So how it goes is. <sighs> Jeez. Um, how it goes is that well you know, nerd boy, and you know strong buffoon boy he they. <laughs> They've been <laughs> I don't really care about their names, honestly. Like, they're... no, I I don't remember their names either. Don't worry. <laughs> I, yeah, I can remember for the life of me. God, yeah, I, I they're, yeah, their designs are just distinct enough where it's like, okay, yeah, they they have they have defined their roles pretty distinctly, and it's really great. I I do I do like these characters so far. So far, nothing mm-hmm. has come up where it's like, oh, they're annoying. No, everyone's really good so far. Um. They they end up freeing another person, releasing them from the stone. And oh God, what did they call him? Primate, the strongest primate high score. That is such a strange. Anyway, they freed this really terrifying, even more athletically um, uh, stronger person than. Okay, yeah, that's his name, uh, Taiju. Taiju, I believe he's the big oaf as. Mm-hmm. Okay, Senku. Oh God. Okay, I remembered her names. They're coming to Senku. Smart boy. Okay, as your first time. Um, he's like this guy they free now. He's he doesn't look like a high schooler. I mean, both of them don't either anyway. But this guy looks like a grown, like muscular, fit man. He's terrifying. He's really big. They free him, and it's useful in that like, oh shoot, they they were about to be attacked by lions. Like they were justifying like and explain. Well, yeah, now that. Yeah, and how that like all this happened? You know, Japan zoos are just like a free for all. All the lion, all the predators escaped and ate everything. So now we just got like wild like lions in Japan now, just roaming about. Holy shit! Um, and they almost got attacked by lions. And this this man again, I'm calling him man because he doesn't look like a teenager. This man literally like punches a lion in the face <laughs> and throws it against the tree. It's the, the absurd levels of this series. Like doesn't. This is only on the third or second episode. Um, mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Like, and you know, both of them, the the two of them, Senku and Taiju, they're like, "Oh shoot, he's pretty great." Well, Senku has his doubts. He's like, "Oh shoot, this guy is this guy fucking punched and like nearly killed a lion. What are we gonna do?" Like, I'm you know, like I have my doubts. Like, what if he betrays us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, yeah, they find out he's like a great asset to the team now they have someone who can help hunt and they can now get substantial food this guy's literally just murdering animals left to right with no effort and lo and behold senku finds out like oh shoot yeah this guy has like probably ulterior motives he finds out which is now creating like the actual conflict at hand like you know so far things have been like there's really nothing there's nothing like conflicting with like you know senku like i'm gonna eventually like make like like more and more formula to free everyone we're gonna find out what's going on nothing has been really intervening anything of that at this point the two have otherwise been at peace in this technically like kind of a paradise with everyone you know in stone and all but now you have this like crazy strong guy who can potentially kill them with one fell swoop um who now has this conflicting idea about like what the plan is and what for humanity you know at this point he he doesn't believe that he believes in selective like yeah, it, that's crazy. He like believes in selectively freeing people. He thinks that from like a horrible childhood experience it had when you know he's trying to like his sister was sickly or dying and like some awful man was 
being very horrible to him about it. Um, like, he believes in, like, you know, let's not free to adults or, like, let's let's not free people we believe to be, like, morally, like, you know, corrupt and all that. Let's Let's only have this world to us, like, you know, teenagers or young people because none of these people are, like, corrupt, corrupted at this point. Let's make a new world. You know, he has this very, like, disturbing new world plan when it comes to things, and now it's, like, creating a conflict, actually, in the series, which is interesting. Oh, yeah, and they also freed a girl <laughs> at last. I was surprised, actually, that they freed her. I, I was thinking that it was kind of going to be a joke where they never free her. I don't know. I was kind of hoping that. And they free her now. I'm like, oh, okay. She's, like, not, like, a damsel. Like, she's actually being useful and, like, aiding them so far now that they have this conflict with this other guy. Um... I thought they were headphones on her head. I guess they're not. I don't know what. Are what they that is not headphones? Head. Oh my god! I don't I, think they I, are. I think they were headphones, and then they just turned into like rock somehow. Okay, I don't, I, I don't. But then there was a flashback where it looked the same. I don't know. They, they're not her ears. That's what's weird. They're not her ears. They're kind of like above her ears. Anyway, this show is interesting so far. Um... It's still it's still wacky to me. It's like super wacky. Like and I expect more wacky things to follow. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't expect it, this to be a show that would stress me out, despite this like arising conflict. Where <laughs> like I think this is the it seems like the type of series where like despite the stakes getting higher potentially, I don't think anything too stressful will happen. I think it will remain at its core something that's so ridiculous that I don't that. I think even for any drama to happen in it, I, I don't think I'll get too disheartened by anything that happens. Like, for instance, I don't think, like, I don't know, maybe not. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know if, like, a major character death will happen and something crazy will happen. But, like, so far, it just seems like a fun ride to follow. Um, God. Well, yeah, what do yeah. you think? Like, just. Um, I, I pretty much agree with you. Yeah. I think it, 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 I don't think it's like, oh my God, it's so good. It's, yeah, yeah, definitely you know, not. It's that. okay. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's pretty good. I I like yeah. it. I like it for what it is. Um, but it's not like blowing my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, Crunchyroll pushing it as much as they are. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just all right. Like if Crunchyroll wasn't pushing it as hard as it was, like I think people would be like, oh yeah, this is like a pretty good show. You know, this is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's not fine. groundbreaking. I just I still think it's really. F- I think what's really funny is the disclaimer, like the do not do this at home disclaimer at the end of every episode. God. (laughs) Don't make gunpowders like Dr. Stone, kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Don't go out and start smashing seashells. God. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Wild. Wild shit. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Okay. Trixie, we can talk about this a little bit. Um... I I tapped out. I couldn't keep watching the Magical Senpai show. Uh, I couldn't do it. I watched the third episode and I was done. Yeah, I think I might be done with it soon. It's uh it's kind of depressing, honestly. And like it's not funny. You know, I'm I'm not a prude. I don't I I th- I think some horny is good in everyone's life. But the end of episode three, I'm just, I tweeted about this, and I'm just going to talk about it again here. The end of episode three, she's chasing, like, pigeons up a tree, and she gets stranded up in the tree, and the birds poop on her, and they very explicitly draw the poop to make it look like cum. So they sexualized bird shit. 
it's like it it's like I've I've seen gross out comedy stuff before. Like that's not bad, but it's it it's not gross the out. Way, it's they the they, way they they did that and they said this is hot. Yeah, like that's what I have issue with. Like di- trying to make it a sex joke is just hmm. You you didn't have to show. Like like and her getting bird poop on her, I'd be like, you know what? That's some comedy right there. I love to laugh. I love to laugh at a good poop joke. But when they're like, she got poop on her. But you, it's like nut. But yeah, like, like you, no, you I know don't, I don't like what that. tone the show it. is going to take. Uh, I also have a problem with the main dude explicitly because he looks like a Control-Alt-Delete character. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you can't look at him oh and not like... I can't get it out of my head. He looks like a Tim Buckley character. It's awful. It just ruins the show for me, like from the first episode. Whoa. Holy shit, Trixie. Oh my god. Oh, now I almost want to watch more just to like envision it as like Tim Buckley wrote it. That oh my makes god. It oh, just funnier. watch the next episode and mentally uh, picture it for yourself, honestly. Like, oh my god. It's the haircut. Yeah. It's it's not yeah. just the haircut, but his eyes are like droopy in that same perfect way oh, that geez. control delete. Oh yeah. Okay. And he's oh, got yeah, the U mouth. It's it's <laughs> awful. <laughs> it really is. Jesus Christ. That's <sighs> so funny. Oh my god. But yeah, it's it's bad. Like the first episode was like passable, but it's just gotten worse and worse as it gets gone and I don't know. I don't Again, I don't want to sound like I'm, like, a prude, but just look for better horny out there, okay, everyone? There's there's better horny out there. Treat yourself better. You know I, you know how I said, like, you know, if you would do it for your friends, you'd do it for yourself? Do that for yourself. Would you, would you subject your friends to magical senpai? Would you? If you wouldn't, don't do it to yourself. At least, at least this is short, so it's not, it's not as, like, egregious as it could be. Guess not. Guess that's one way to look at it. Also, the way that they localized the title as Senpai instead of Senpai. Sim. You know, that that anime club ass, that always bothers me. God. Uh, so, so, what other fucked up etchy shows have you watched lately, Trixie? Uh, I watched, uh, I watched, uh, Dumbbells, if that counts, it's, uh, it's... I think it does. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that show, but it's really weird, uh, just, it's, it's like an educational show, but then it also gets really horny for grotesque muscle monsters, and... I, the theme song is really good, though. I keep listening to the theme song, and I have no plans to watch the show, but the theme song is really fun. Yeah, it's a good song. Uh, I'm particularly... It's... I'd like it more if it wasn't... Te- if the visuals weren't, like... A thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. That's that's how I feel about Dumbbells. Uh, that might also be something I drop at some point. Uh-huh. Uh, I also, and I really do not have too much to say about Mirror Tights, but it's gone, 
it's each episode increases the like horny factor. It's uh How so? Well one episode was almost entirely from the point of view of a cat under a kotatsu where these girls are with their tights, so you know Uh-oh. getting the cat's Uh-oh. just like, oh fuck <laughs> Well Uh-oh. there's this there's this really uh great and humorous the really funny joke oh. where the cat runs under uh the laps of one of the girls. Uh so, you know. It's they definitely uh try and invent new uh ways to be horny in mirror tights. Uh it's <laughs> they figured out the new ways to be horny. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's it's still mirror tights. I'll say that much. <laughs> God, the like the desperation in your voice when you said that. <laughs> it's it's still irritating. It's I'm sorry. it's it's gonna end this week, which I'm almost sad about. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's I've gotten used to this like four minute an episode cycle of like nothing corniness. So, uh, God, yeah, and uh, does. I don't know if mom RPG counts as an ecchi, but... I think after episode two it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, I'm not a fan of the show in the first place. I think that this white-bred isekai boy... I've I've had enough of this white-bred isekai boy, like, nonsense. But I, 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 I'm holding on because the mom seems like an interesting character. And then, episode two has this thing where they're fighting in a dungeon, and the monster releases its uh, acid onto our uh, two protags, but uh, it only melts the clothes of the mom, and the boy keeps falling in, uh, falling onto his mom, but even though they're both embarrassed, it's clearly playing off like, oh, isn't this, like, isn't this a joke? Just... Isn't incest still funny? It's... So I don't know how much more of that show I'm gonna be watching if it's just gonna be, like, that sort of humor. I, th- I think the funniest part of it, though, was that... Uh, I, th- I think I think you were talking about it earlier, LV, that mm-hmm. it's, like, completely covered by, like, the <laughs> yeah, shiny yeah, this... blue, Blu-ray yeah. censorship. Mm-hmm. So it's basically so like, them just going like, "Hey, if you if you want to see the mom's nipples, you gotta <laughs> buy the Blu-ray." Half the screen just looks white. There's like you can't see what's going on. Oh yeah, on it there. was a just, you just hear absurd dial. Yeah, it was a barely watchable mm-hmm. uh, sequence. <laughs> that would be hilarious if it wasn't so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of hilarious. It is kind of hilarious, but it's also very fucked up. For it's sure. hilarious because it's fucked up, but then you yeah. have to realize it's fucked up again, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, LV, what else, what else is going on? What else have you been watching? Have you been watching anything good, maybe? Oh, yes, I have been, but to continue on the fucked up streak. Oh, well, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I have been watching, um, you know, something that's been something that's been talked about like in some you know like the the, the isekai watcher you know watch list um 
Ari Fuerta um, from Commonplace to World Strong. Oh gosh, the whole title is from Commonplace to World Strongest. It's a very awkward little quote. But anyway, Ari Fuerta. It's um, it's an isekai basically, but it's a group isekai. So um, mm. this this a whole high school class, you know, gets zapped into you know the fantasy world. Oh shoot. Um, but then meanwhile, the main character gets like such a shit end of the stick like I, I think um think someone compared it to basically being a similar premise to shield hero where the main character gets like all this shitty stuff happening to him and like he, he gets like far off the deep end in terms of like his morality and all that but probably better than shield hero like anything really better than shield hero that's not like a bad concept itself honestly yeah 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 it's just how shield yeah but to avoid talking about you like Aeroforta, like essentially, yeah, um, he gets, yeah, his classes are just shitty to him, like, like in the original, like, regular world, and then in the fantasy world, and then, like, he gets his arm, like, fucked up and basically eaten by a monster, and then, like, he just goes hard off, like, 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 Breaking Bad, like, his, his his hair turns light somehow, like, 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 a, a la Tokyo Girl. Anyway, the way I'm explaining this is is how, like, how I comprehended the series because it's bad. <laughs> it's not great. It's not good. And um, stuff has went around about how poorly animated and produced this thing is. Um, it's it, it's 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 both incomprehensible and in how the anime is and and how like every how the story is how the story like the exposition is bad and then like how it looks is bad. So let me go back to the beginning. This this series was based on a light novel, of course. Most of the these isekai was, but it was supposed to have an anime adaptation like two to three years ago, and that was a very different time period. So there, if you look at the key visual between what was originally supposed to air versus this, um, it looks very different. Like the art style is like, yeah, that looks like a 2015 anime and not a 2019 anime. Um, and apparently, there's some weird. There's something I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Um, like, there was something weird going on between what the original author wanted and conflicts with that. Like, the character designer changed at some point in between. Like, there are a lot of production problems, basically. And now we have this series coming out 2019 when it was supposed to air or supposed to be completed, like, back in 2015, 2016 with a completely different staff, with a completely different studio. And nonetheless, we get this, this very poorly animated thing. And I highly recommend anyone listening to look up just the opening sequence where nothing is happening to a very real, a really great song. I've been listening to the song all the It's an amazing theme song, but nothing is happening. Animation is really bad. Um, a YouTube comment, I think, does a very good job explaining like, oh, I don't get why people are saying animation's ba- bad. It's just a bunch of still images. And that's really the series. There's a lot of like moments where nothing is happening. There's really awkward, clunky animation. It's, 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 like, it's not like Berserk 3D levels of bad, but there's some pretty bad CGI in it like on the first episode alone. Um, yeah, like, there's so many ways I can describe how bad the animation is, but you really have to look it up yourself. It's very cheap and upsetting, and, like, uh, the series seems to have, like, a big following, um, with, because it has also a manga adaptation. And there seems to be, like, a decent amount of people who are looking forward to this, and they, they get this after all these years waiting for the anime to come out, unfortunately. Super unfortunate. So who, we'll, yeah, we'll see how it goes, though. It, it has It is signed for 13 episodes. I'll see how it goes. But I probably will. I probably will not watch it beyond this point. I watched the first two episodes, and it's 
god awful. Like it's beyond how it looks. Like how the story is paced is not great. Like I do not know what's happening on the first episode. We're we are thr- there are a lot of like amazing ways you can do a story in media rest. You know where you, you don't start from the beginning. You start in the middle of a conflict or something going on. But like how to do it is very confusing. You're immediately thrown into the situation where the main character is just betrayed by his high school friends and his arm gets eaten off. And I'm like, what is going on? I don't get what's happening. Like, it's it's not great. It's not great in both how it's paced and how it looks. And I, I, man, it's a, it's an exhausting show. It's one of those, it's, it's, it's not, it's not enjoyable even from like, this is so bad it's good level. It's like, this is, this is, this, this is something that should have not been put out. Damn. This is such, <laughs> this is such an insult to like people who love this series and its other source material. Um, but nonetheless, the premise, yeah, the premise is that, yeah, it's a high school that gets zapped into a fantasy world. Oh, no. And the main character gets all this shit brought upon him. Like, he's just, his classmates are awful to him. And this is how he gets turned into, like, someone who has the potential to be power. And, like, you know, he gets to, you know. And then there's a love triangle where he finds this vampire girl. And then, meanwhile, one of the classmates who never bullied him, and she's, like, the popular girl, she's, like, she realizes, oh, shoot. I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I took him for granted. Like, like, yeah, it has like interesting elements going on in it, and like, I would like to know more about it. But this, this series is not doing a good job of it because it's just not. This is something that should have not been like pushed forward if it was going to look the way it was. Um, there's also like, yeah, like a sexy bunny girl that pops up at some point. I believe she has big. She has a big bosom, of course. She doesn't wear a lot of clothes, of course, but. I'm not at that point yet, and I don't think I want to look forward to it. I, I, I don't think I'm going to watch it further, really. There's no reason to. Um, I mean, aren't... Yeah. So sorry for any fans of this series. I'm Like, shows usually peak with how good they look in their first couple episodes to begin with, so if it looks terrible mm-hmm. to begin with, mm-hmm. then it's not, like, confidence-inspiring. Yeah, and I complained about this earlier. The opening sequence doesn't even look good. It's 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 very cheaply made. There's Nala movement. Again, the song is phenomenal, but it doesn't match up to how subpar the visuals are. It just looks like a like you know, like a like a slideshow, right? Like someone saying, like, oh, it's just someone just like it looks like a Windows movie maker slideshow. Damn. <laughs> it's a great song. There's a saxophone. There's a saxophone in the song. There's a saxophone solo in the song, and like the animation doesn't match up to it. It's 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 a huge disservice to whoever is playing the saxophone in the song. My gosh, man. Yeah, I do not see this thing going beyond the first season. I'd be surprised if it does, because I, I I could just foresee a lot of people dropping it if they weren't a big fan of the series, holding hope onto it. But. Mm. It's not good. It's not good. It's it's going to be another is- isekai series. I feel like that's just going to get lost in the void. <sighs> Very sad. It's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace. All right, folks. I'm going to let you choose because we got either me just saying, talking about something that I like, or I could talk shit. What do you want right now? Because I think we've been talking shit a lot. Should we keep it going? Probably. We went from yeah, if you want. Probably balance. We went from like the, bird shit. By the way, uh, it started from bird oh, shit. It started shit. with bird shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, I guess I'll talk smack because it's uh it's Pokemon time. Yeah, boom. Damn. Yeah. Everyone's cheering. Everyone's clapping. They're like, yeah, John's gonna talk about Pokemon. We love this segment. This is the segment everyone looks forward to. Hell this is yeah. why we're paying money on Patreon. Hell yeah. <laughs> so Hell yeah. we're doing the Pokemon League. It's time, baby. We're doing the Pokemon League. Uh, 
I'm just going to run down all the shit that's going down on it. If you got two episodes, it's just battles. That's basically it. So, episode 130 starts off with Ash and Faba fighting. Uh, if you recall, Faba is the uh, Aether Foundation executive guy, the like scientist dude. Um, that fight was fucked up. Because Faba's like, oh, I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm going to make him have to send out his Meltan, because it looks weak. But then Meltan comes out, and starts to fight uh, Faba's Hypno, and at one point, Meltan eats Hypno's pendant. And Uh. isn't that, like, part of its body? It's uh, really messed up. Like, I just kept thinking about that. Like, he, like, permanently dis- like, disfigured this hypno. And they treat it as a joke. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> like, I don't know how serious that's, that is. Like, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to, like, look up. Maybe there's, like, a Pokedex entry that says that it's a part of its body or not. I don't know. But, I mean, if it's just something they can replace, I guess that's fine. But if it's not, the hypno, like... It can't do most of its moves. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, after that, uh, Ilima and Guzma fight. Um, they're pushing Ilima really hard. They're like, oh man, he's gonna be like the winner of the league. He's definitely just gonna take this home. And so, Guzma um, is losing at first. Because Ilima uh, mega evolves Kangas- his Kangaskhan. And if you remember, Mega Kangaskhan is uh, the evolution where the baby actually goes out and fights too. So Guzma figures it out and he goes, wait a minute. If I fight in a direct line and I, you know, if, if the if the Kangaskhan has to like dot, like wait a second for its baby to attack, then I can go around it and hit the, the mother while the baby's trying to attack because she's going to be trying not to hit the baby. So that was actually pretty cool. Like, use some cool strategy and actually use, like, mega evolution against itself. And so Guzma actually beats Ilima. And that was, like, kind of interesting to be like, oh, yeah, no, he's actually doing, like, he's that powerful that he actually came up over the guy who was, like, everyone was saying was going to win. Um, it was actually a good fight. I would recommend maybe looking that up on YouTube or something. Um, the third battle, uh, I guess to to put it into perspective, is uh, one short paragraph on Bulbapedia, um, and it is how fighting against Alolan Professor Oak, or I guess Principal Oak, whatever you want to call him, uh, how has an Alolan Raichu, and he just beats the tar out of uh, Samson Oak's Alolan Executor, just, just fucking decimates it. Um, and then, uh, finally, Lana and Malo fight and there's just this like big struggle because they're best friends and Mallow's trying to overcome the adversity because she doesn't really battle and there's all this drama but Lana still fucking whoops her anyway (laughs) so you know whatever um you know, nothing nothing really crazy happening, uh, but yeah, so uh, from this episode, uh, Ash, Guzma, Howe, and Lana have moved on to the next round. And so then the next episode, um, 131, uh, first off, 
uh, is Sophocles against Mina, and that's over in like a second. Uh, there's this really fucked up thing where Sophocles' Viki Volt grabs her Ribambi with its like pincers and then uses flash cannon like from its mouth right like dead center and like just like just holding it up to its face and then firing a beam i was sitting there like what the fuck that was screwed up extremely messed up i i i was like what the fuck um jesse and james fight for the Pokemon League, because if you recall, uh, they got into the league by doing the standard Battle Royale strategy of not participating, just, like, hiding. Um, so I guess before the fight, uh, Jesse was like, I'm gonna win, you just you just make it look real, and then just let me win. James and uh, his, his, um, what's his fucking Pokemon called? Marini, and his Marini are up against Jesse and Wobbuffet. And after a little bit, the Marini, like, looks up to James, and the fucking wedding song starts playing. I swear to oh, God. God. Like, the... Dun, 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 like, that song starts <laughs> playing. And James goes, we're gonna fight for real. And then he beats the Wobbuffet, and so James moves on to the next round. Which is fucking crazy. James won, won a battle and beat Jesse. Um... So then uh, Kiawe and Asarola are uh, fighting. Um, it's a really weird battle. Uh, Kiawe uses his um, Alolan Marowak, and she uses a Gengar, which it's specifically a Gengar from earlier in the series. There was this uh, Gengar that was, like, stealing things and causing trouble. And so she caught it. And now she's using it in the Pokemon League, and that's all cute. Um, and there's... Basically, the Gengar is just whooping the Marowak's ass the whole time. Uh, dis it uses Disable, so it can't use any of its... So it can't attack for a second. And then uses Thief to steal the club, the Bone Club, from Marowak. So Marowak is frozen and can't attack. And the Gengar is just beating the hell out of the Marowak for a hot minute. But then the Marowak's okay, and then it jumps into Gengar and steals the bone back and then knocks it out. So, yeah, I guess that happens, uh, and Kiawe moves on. Um, and finally, we have Gladion versus Lily. Um, it's, like, the dumbest fight ever. Um, it's, you know, like, Lily actually has the upper, the upper hand for a while, um gets hit with, like, one Shadow Ball, but, you know, her uh, Lolan Vulpix is, like, dodging a bunch of moves and doing a bunch of cool shit. Then Lily's like, I gotta, I gotta use my Z-move or else I'm not gonna be able to win. And so she uses her Z-move. It lands directly. It hits Gladion's Umbreon, like, directly. But it doesn't do anything. Like, the Umbreon's fine. And then the Umbreon just uses Iron Tail once, and that's it. Damn. Rep fucked up i'm so pissed <laughs> wasted lily deserves so much better <laughs> so yeah so then they show that the next round is going to be gladion versus james so gladion's gonna win that uh, unless some really crazy shit happens but i highly doubt it um ash is going up against how which is really surprising because i kind of felt like how was gonna win 
Like, I thought maybe the last match is going to be Ash versus How, Because that just kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess they're getting this out of the way. Maybe it's going to... Maybe Ash will fight Gladion last, or maybe even Guzma? I don't know. But then Kiawe versus Sophocles... Um, doesn't really matter who wins that one it's just going to be the same exact thing as the lana and mallow thing they're going to be like oh man we're friends but we have to battle um and then guzma versus lana which i described on twitter as like they they're just going to shoot her with a pistol like she she she, her pokemon is going to die like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not right it's not right poor one um so yeah yeah, she's going to get absolutely decimated, and there's not going to be any more girls in the running, so mm. thanks, Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, some of my predictions were kind of wrong, but I still think that overall it makes some sense. Um, if I'm going to make my predictions for who's going to win. Uh, I guess Gladion will beat James. Ash definitely has to beat Howe. Um, I think Kiawe will beat Sophocles, and of course Guzmo will beat Lana. I think it's just that it's going to be pretty clean cut. Um, don't really know where it's going to go after that, but I guess we'll see. Because this is just weird. Um, I don't really know what they're doing. They, they're, they, they can't let Ash win. I, they can't. They haven't done it yet. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah, there you go. There's your Pokemon update. Trixie. Yo. How do you feel about Demon Slayer? It's It's been gaining a lump. Uh, I was digging it, not as much as other people, but I was into it. And then, uh, and then the show just stopped in its tracks exclusively uh, for me because of two specific characters. Uh, Screamy Boy and Boar Mask Boy. Uh, I don't... Uh. I don't like either of them, and I can't understand the appeal behind either of them, I think. And I'm very confused, because this show feels like it's been grinding to a halt ever since uh, they started being main characters. And it... I don't... Do they, like... I hear they get better, but... Do they? Like... Hmm... Yeah, I don't know. I haven't watched it in a while. I just, like, you know, and I didn't hate it, but I kind of realized, like, hmm, I don't know. This is kind of long, and I think maybe it might be a little too long in the tooth. I don't know. I I, I could definitely, like, this is the kind of thing where, like, this is just a pretty generic shonen, and, like, while it's really beautiful, there's not much else behind how, about beyond its look. So, you know, and you can get that from GIFs and shit. Like, we're at the point where you can see that stuff on GIFs. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll catch up. It's just okay. Like, it's 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 a it's a big eh. It's alright, you know? Yeah. It's fine. It's, it's just mainly, yeah, it's just mainly for me, like, the yellow hair screamy boys, like, he, like, is constant about screaming in every episode. It's like, <laughs> they don't give him a break, even. It's, it gets really, like, it wears down. Uh, mm. It's, I like, I guess the closest comparison I can think of is Black Clover's protagonist, who also screams every single episode, but he's, but, like, except... Except of, like, being a cool shonen protagonist, you're just screaming about 
how like obnoxiously petty and miserable and pathetic you are. That's pretty much a uh, screamy boy's whole shtick. And yeah, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him, Demon Slayer would still be bumping. Not much else aside mm-hmm. from the animation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, LV, what else have you been getting up to? What are some other shows that you've been digging? Okay, I think this is where, you know, the shit talking ends. Uh, sure. <laughs> so, um, I, I forgot to note this down. I've been keeping up with Vinland Saga, which is, you know, chef kisses. It's excellent so far. Really good. Highly recommend. Super violent. So Condor, it's super violent. It's, you, you expect it to be super violent, but like how it, um, so uh, I'm glad that <laughs> it, it's finally adapted. Um, I've been mm. reading, I, I read the manga. Um, it's, it's such an excellent piece of artwork. Um, for, yeah, for anyone who, like, likes, and this is not really a fantasy series, it's kind of like a historical fiction series. For people who like that sort of things, like, I highly recommend it. Um, I keep saying this to everyone, if you know, Amazon, you know, Jeff Bezos better not, like, be on my, knocking on my door. Um, if Amazon actually made a point and promoted this show, like, as per its other, like, live-action series, you know, an anime exists, not, okay, like, the, the show officially, um, to clarify, is officially on Amazon Prime, with the other anime um, Amazon has acquired. Um, not really Aaron else, it's officially on Amazon Video. Um, but if the show was actually promoted on a mainstream level, this show would, I think, definitely su- succeed, with so many people, it would resonate with so many people. I think it would specifically draw in the game, you know, people who, like, were into Game of Thrones but didn't like fantasy. Like, this is definitely that sort of strong, like, show that has a lot of, you know, it, it's, it's a long series that has, like, like a huge, like, a huge big epic story. Um, and I think those people would love it, but Amazon's cowards, so they won't. Uh, but, <laughs> so, for me to keep PRing for this show, I... We'll say um, the series is basically um, it's it's a it's a loose a loose story based on like actual Icelandic explorers that are like in these two Norse sagas, um, you know. And it's one of those things where um, oh yeah, where these people yeah these people were real these people were real. But this is a very loose adaptation, of course, and reinterpretation of what what stories and folklore around these people. Um, were like or what really happened um in regards to like basically the founding of um well not the founding but it's it's basically around the era of like the 11th century i think where yeah essentially like conquest and invasion that was that shit was going on and people were like oh yeah we're gonna find all these settlements like it's the era of the vikings this is what this mm-hmm. this is about this is the, it's it's this is the era of the vikings it's taking place in like like europe the nordic uh, part of europe at that point in time um revolving around um, the, a character named Thorfinn, um, who was a real person. Again, this is a very loose interpretation of the events that happened and probably may not follow it. Who knows where he go, will go. Um, and just how, you know, he, how he grows up and how, like, all the shitty violence and all that is shaping him um, before he himself goes on to do conquests and all that good stuff. Um and a big thing of the story, uh, it's called Vinland Saga, is the idea of Vinland being this rhetorical paradise for him and his family and all the other settlers in their current um, settlement to find, you know, escaping from the harsh winters and all that. Um, it, essentially, that's 
the end goal. Like, you know, that's kind of like the big thing. But otherwise, there, it, otherwise, it's kind of one of those things where it kind of has a non-plot to it. Um, there is this end goal of like, oh, yeah, let's let's resettle and go to this paradise that we're talking about. But otherwise, it's really just uh, a general historical epic where you want to see this guy succeed. And, you know, he goes through all this horrible stuff and horrible violence. Um, yeah, war is bad. Yeah, that's the takeaway. War is bad in Vinland Saga. And war always is bad. But, um yeah, for anyone who's interested in fantasy, like, like you can be into this. There's no fantasy elements into it, but I think this is a great, like, big epic story to go into. And what I appreciate about the anime is that it's going um, in a very different order than what the manga does. Um, the manga goes into Torfin's, um, again, that's his name, Torfin. The manga goes into, like, his, uh, about, you know, adolescent adulthood off the bat, whereas the anime is going in a more chronological order, starting from his childhood, and I think that's a very good way of reinterpreting the material, especially for how, like, really um, messed up the series gets. And I mean that in not, like, a disturbing way, but, you know, just violent. It's very violent, you know. Like, how else can it be portrayed? Um, it's, like, a nice way to follow the series, especially if you're not familiar with the material to begin with, if you're watching it. It, it makes more sense, I think, that you're following Torfin's childhood, when he's still very innocent and has this very warped idealized vision of what war is and what masculinity is and then you know i think i think it makes more sense watching this series in that order versus jumping into like a point in his life where he's more like um hardened and hardened by how harsh the world is um but yeah highly recommend again super violent um it's well produced it's made by the studio who has who has adapted you know the attack on titan anime adaptation and they do an excellent job with the series. It's very well animated. The the action is very dynamic. Like scenes where there's not a lot going on, like it's it, there's like a lot to look at. It's it's a very beautifully produced series so far, and I'm enjoying it. Again, it's very heavy. It's not something that I don't know what to say. It's something I look forward to, but also something I don't look forward to to watch every week or so because mm. it's just it's just a lot, right? It's very heavy. It's a heavy drama, and if you want to want to fill that void, go watch it. Please support it please <laughs> yeah uh anything else you want to shout out yeah um geez okay what else very very tonally different um uh god what's the, the title's so strange oh oh maidens in your savage season so <laughs> yeah, i've just been calling it it's a very maidens it's a it's a yeah oh maidens let's just call it oh maidens or savage maids okay well either either option's not good i'm curious as to why it's titled that but it's um it's a great series it's painfully good and i mean painful in that it's a very painful i think accurate uh, reflection of what's it like in high school and the awkwardness that comes with it and this is definitely, like, I think one of the more realistic depiction of teenagers in anime so far. Like, there's tons of slice of life series out there that, you know, just features teenagers being teenagers. Like, you know, like, oh, like high school boys and all that. Like, but I, it doesn't focus, it, it focuses on the comedic aspect of, like, the awkwardness of growing up and all that, like, in a more grounded way. So it, um, it's based on a manga. It's, it's written by Mario Koda. She has done like she's like kind of one of the big um, anime writers talked about a lot because she has like a huge portfolio on her plate. She has done like her most recent big thing was um, the Makia film when the flowers boom. Um, she has done like a lot of serious stuff and like Oh Maidens is a very huge contrast to like what 
she's normally known for. Um, I think Anohana, yeah, I believe yeah. so. That could be, if I'm wrong, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. Um, but Oh Maidens is, is basically revolving around these group of girls who run a literature club. Um, and what sets the events in motion, really, in the series, again, it's, it's a generally a, a slice of life. Well, I don't know if slice of life is the best way to describe it, but it's just like, you know, there's no real plot to it. It's just like you're, you're following these girls as they go through high school. Um, where they're reading a very erotic piece of literature, they're reading a very erotic descriptive book, and that kind of sets in, the events in motion in terms of where these girls are now trying to start thinking about, you know, the girls start thinking about, like, sexuality and their bodies, and it does it in a very respectful way that I think is, like, yeah, like, girls actually would think about this. We're not, there's no fan service bullshit, right, Okay, for one thing, right? They're not, yeah. <laughs> they're not being sexualized in a way that's, like, oh. This is actually just a nice window into the uh, minds of like, yeah, teenagers talk about this shit and teenagers do this stuff. Um, and it's really, it's it's both like painful, but also like heartwarming to see how the different like ways the idea of like sex is like being explored in the minds of these different girls. So like the main character, essentially, she... She, for instance, um, she can't, you know, she, you know, she, she starts, she's the most awkward one, I think, like, uh, of the group so far, where she's very, um, she's very scared of the idea of, like, thinking about, like, her childhood friend, where she realizes finally, like, oh, gosh, I'm in love with him, I have a crush on him, and she's very terrified of the fact that he might be, not be as innocent as she thinks he was, like, they, there's, like, a, there's, like, a really funny scene where she remembers, like, where, like, you know, like, they're kids, and, like, he, like, like, He's, you know, he has no pants on. Like, yeah, and like that's not something you think about as kids. Like, you're just kids. There's nothing sexual at all, but like weird stuff like that happening. And she's just trying to, re- you know, like shake off the feelings of like, you know, he's not as innocent as she um, thinks he was or remembers him being. Like, he's also a boy. She's terrified at the idea, like, oh yeah, he's popular. And then there's all this stuff going around, like wondering, like, why doesn't he have a girlfriend? And confronting her feelings of that. There's the classic uh, girl where she's a little nerdy, you know, she's raised in a more conservative household where she's very prudish about the idea of sex, and then she's coming to terms with the fact that, like, oh yeah, I have, like, these feelings too, and for the first time, someone actually complimented how I look, all that. There's another girl who I think doesn't really fit with it, but I'll see how it goes, where she, um, she's very intelligent. She secretly writes erotic literature for published, I don't know, she's, yeah. she seems to be a prodigy, yeah, yeah. She just she doesn't she's not really normal compared to everyone else, but I'll see where it goes. And she on the side, you know, she doesn't tell anyone. She um, engages with this chat room. She's basically like you know sexting with this anon. I'm not going to go into that because it might spoil some things. But yeah, they're all like exploring their sexuality in like different ways that is very grounded, very realistic, and it's it's a very painful like portrait that I think is accurate to my own experiences in high school when it comes to these things. You know, not that I like was so like deep in thought about these things. Like I really did not have I did not have a romantic life at all in high school, I would say that front. But like I think like like when my experiences with my friends and what they went through and all that, um like I think it's a great I think it's a great series to watch. I mean, well well, it's a, I don't know about watching, but it's a great series. To watch it might be another level in terms of what someone's comfort level is. Like I think this is a very realistic thing that <laughs> we'll touch upon certain topics that I, I understand might be like uncomfortable for some people and like what their own experiences of high school may be like but I think like how it's written is really good so far and I think I, it's it's a nice refreshing thing in the midst of everything else in terms of like yeah. what anime usually is perceived as like oh yeah this is just a series about teenagers and what they're going through and that's great it's definitely um, one of the better written shows of the season maybe the best written mm-hmm. one honestly 
The first episode was really good. There were like a lot of great um, visual, like visual metaphors. I think that were done in terms of like summing up how the series is. Like, like the comedy is funny. Like, like that appears here and there, and like what what the girls go through is like very good um, in terms of how it's depicted in a very tasteful way. Yeah. Um, also looks beautiful as well. Yeah, it looks beautiful. I think the only thing that bugs me is that it kind of looks like there's like this filter constantly being put on. I'm like, oh, you, they don't really need to do that because the way it's colored. Oh, I'm a, this nice I'm a sucker for Instagram yeah. filter ass <laughs> shit in my shows. Just give me more mm-hmm. of that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, highly recommend. Highly recommend if you need something that's more like grounded. But cool. again, like warning, it's, it's, it can be very emotional. Sure. I, f- I felt like some moments were like, ooh, this is really real. Um, to give an example, there was one, um, it's in the second episode, I believe, um, how, like, so in the group, there's this one girl that people, like, even among the friends that um, point out, like, oh, yeah, she's really popular, she's considered pretty, you know, like, she's one of those, she's she's the role of that character, where, like, oh, yeah, it's weird how she's, ha-. like, basically, the literature club, the, the group of main characters, everyone thinks they're weird, like, they're weirdos, they're, they're the people who stand out in, like, apparently what seems to be in the clique, clique hierarchy of their class so far. But one girl in particular, she stands out. She's considered to be the pretty one, quote unquote, and that, you know, it's like, why is she hanging out with these people? And there's a really like, it's it's way too real. Like, there's a scene where she's being like talked by this kind of there's weirdo, like you know, in public, and then she texts her, she texts the main character who happens to walk in on this, like saying, oh yeah, basically to follow her and make sure to watch out for her. And it's, it's like, oh man, yeah, this is such a real thing that like people don't realize. Like, yeah, a lot of teenage girls or like girls in general have to deal with this shit and um when you know eventually the main character follows them into this cafe and she texts her this weird thing to say which eventually reveals that like oh yeah like it's kind of funny but it's also sad that they have to resort to this like where um the the main character has to go in pretending that sounding like she has an std to, to draw the guy away and it's a really like funny scene but it's also like really fucked up realize you know when you realize yeah this Real, you know, reminding people this shit happens all the time, where like, like, like girls have to resort to really strange tactics just to draw off creepers away, and it's it's stuff like that. That's like I I'm pleased at like knowing that yeah, a, a, a woman has wrote this, knowing what she's talking about. Like yeah, this shit happens. Um, but yeah, it's an excellent series um, so far. Hmm. Well, sounds good. Let's see here. Um. So I won't talk too much about it because you know I don't really want to. I don't. I don't have too much to say other than that it's a really great. But Lord of Malloy, still really, really good. Yeah. Um, I am just super digging the atmosphere, the writing, the characters. Um, Waver is just a delight. Um, I, I I love his dorky boy sidekicks and uh, like Gray just being the like servant ass character and not like understanding the world is very like adorable and funny um you know just like like the third episode i guess i guess i'll just explain what the third episode is about and i think that should capture like the essence of the show um starts off with waver just being pissy and everyone's like oh some really horrible stuff must be going on in the clock tower oh no what is this powerful man thinking? And it turns out he's just pissy because his favorite, uh, like, basically his favorite coffee shop 
is uh, maybe shutting down because of electrical problems. And he's just pissy because it's his favorite place to work. Um, so he ends up going down there to see what's the problem because he really wants to fix it. And he's like, oh, this is a magical thing. And it turns out that there's a giant bunny just going around sapping up the electricity. And so he's got to go down there and fight it and figure out what's going on. And it just kind of goes from there. And that's just the kind of show that it is. Like, it's it's really dorky and goofy, but at the same time, like, really, like, pompous and serious and... Yeah. I don't know. It, it's very hard to explain, but it's very good. It's like <laughs> it's like if a detective show were in the Fate universe, more or less. I mean, that is what it is. Yeah. So it's a know. very it's a very fate ass show, but it's it's very good. It's making me want to see Fate Zero though, because I I want that like I want to watch the interaction between Wafer and Alexander. Oh yeah, I. The show does assume you watched Fate Zero first, which. Uh, I guess, do you still, like, you're still into it even without that prior context? I mean, the thing is that, like, I'm in, like, this, like, middle ground thing where I know most of the stuff because uh. I played through that, like, I think there was, like, a Fate Zero Singularity or something in Fate Go. Yeah. And that's how I know it. Um, which, you know, is not a great way to experience <laughs> that. But I know the basic plot beats, and I definitely, like, I know who Waver is. I know, you know, all the, like, basically the big characters. But I want to actually watch it so it's not poorly translated and, you oh, yeah. know, just not as good. It's it's a great show, um, though. It's be, it'd be worth the watch if you can handle yeah, Genorobuchi's shit. I am a fan of the Madoka show, so I think I could probably get through it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's it. Uh, all right. Um, I guess we'll wrap it up with you again, LV. Uh, tell us about yeah. Fruits Basket. Oh, God. Okay. Well, it's been confirmed that Fruits Basket will be having at least two more seasons, and they're going to adapt the whole damn thing. They're gonna. They're going for it. They're fucking going for it. Yeah. And Jesus Christ, I guess I'm on that ride <laughs> to yeah, do that. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, so, um, at least the last episodes I've watched, which introduced a new character. Um, yeah, this is the point in the series where Fruits Basket's going to get fucked up, pretty fucked up. Um, and I wonder <laughs> I wonder how that's going to resonate with, like, um, people who are going who are watching this for the first time because, yeah, Fruits Basket gets fucked up. Um, yeah, and I'm speaking... I'm watching the series as someone who kind of holds the manga, like, dear to me. From, obviously, a nostalgic perspective. I recognize now, especially, like, Fruits Basket has problems. It has deep problems. And I think a lot of these problems resonate a lot with um, how shoujo was written, especially around that time. Like, oh, yeah, let's incorporate this weird, like, incest... Bu- okay, so... Incest bullshit. Um, or, like, oh, yeah, like... I don't know, like, like weird gender bending, like, I don't know, it's, like, it's, it's gonna come up, it's gonna come up, um, but, uh, what I really, I, I don't, I would say as a whole, the series is really good, though, still, like, I, I, it's clear this was made, <laughs> this was made at a better time, I think, um, the, like, there's, like, nice, like, tiny hints to, foresh- like, foreshadowing towards things much later on that will happen that definitely, 
the original series, the original anime adaptation failed on many levels um, to do so. Like, this was definitely made, give, made, like, you know, produced much better given that they now have the whole manga material to look at and, like, look towards future chapters and be like, oh, yeah, that wouldn't make sense if we did that. Or, like, yeah, this character is the wrong gender. Like, stuff like that. Like, outright stuff like that they brutally messed up. That's kind of, like, the butt of the joke in the original anime adaptation. And, like, I I noticed now, because I was watching a bit of also the original anime, um, some things were shot for shot, too, as well. Um, But just... It's just now better animated, which is which is pleasant. Um, but but yeah. Um, so the problem with fruits, like some of the problems with fruits basket, I'm curious to see how like will this. Tra- um, so fruits basket again revolves around the um, the fact that you know Toru Honda, she you know she's a she's a very you know nice like people like consider her to be a Mary Mary Sue in a way because she's very like humble. She's 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 a, she's a very typical like. Oh yeah, very very selfless girl. You know, she's like, you know, she has like she had a really shitty upbringing. She was raised by a single mom, and then like her mom ends up dying. You know, it, it uh, and essentially no one in the extended family wants her, but like her, like her her grandfather. And she felt like it would have been a burden if she stuck around because her grandfather's getting older, and that you know, like his his circumstances were like you know financially like not great, and she's like, oh yeah, what? Why not? Like, you know, and this is where it gets a little ridiculous. Like, she's like, I'll just um live, you know, work part time, but also I'll live in a tent in the middle of like nowhere, so I don't have to pay rent for an apartment to save money. You know, and it's like, oh man, she's just so pure. She's just trying her best, and then she doesn't realize her tent is like on the terror, like the the property of like one of her high school classmates. And they're from a, they're from like a pretty prestigious family, actually. Like a generally, pre- they actually own property, like they own some land around the city, whatever. And then lo and behold, she like gets into like you know like the hijinks of the whole thing and the drama, where like she accidentally like hugs one of them at some point, and they turn into like these animals, like uh, and it's like oh, uh oh. But also when they turn back to human, they're naked. Uh-oh. Oh fuck. Um, very oh, comedy-laced uh, premise. Yes, yes, hijinks. Um, it's also weird because, but also weird. The, the criteria is super weird, and this is like really questionable because it, 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 you have to be the. the I, I'm quoting exactly. Yeah, you know, this is not my own words. I'm quoting exactly. Like, oh, you have to be the opposite sex to for that effect to happen. It's just like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. But obviously, this is like. <laughs> Obviously, this is like a shoujo premise where it's like, oh yeah, we, you know, we gotta have an incentive for like a boy and girl gonna be naked by like, oh god. Anyway, anyway, past that, um, she she accidentally triggers that effect, and she's now like in on the secret that this family has this fucked up curse essentially that has gone for generations, and it corresponds to a myth she has what she was told as a child about the zodiac, um, you know, the, the Chinese zodiac, you know, the pig, the dragon, etc. Like there is a, there's actually a, a tale, and I don't think this actually is in actual like the actual zodiac myth but like i think it's something made up for the series um where there actually the cat was supposed to be part of the zodiac uh circle but the cat was just not invited and there's this whole like metaphor about like one of the one of the members is the cat and like he's just like one of the rejected curse members he he actually can turn into a monster it's like oh fucked up he can turn into a monster versus just being a regular animal and like uh, like everyone actually does have like a more beastly form, form beyond like the animals they are and yeah, the series, the first season so far has been just a lot of exposition, introducing more and more members of the family and like what animal they represent, which is yeah, just twelve of them, and then the cat. Um, 
And yeah, there's like a love triangle, obviously. Shoujo, just like shoujo. Yeah, there's like a lot of shoujo bullshit. But what's problematic about the series, um, there's a lot, um, is that there's like elements of possibly incest because it's not really clear what defines the family as a whole. So I often wondered if like the family is just representative of a clan. Where, yeah, you notice there's some people who are, like, work for their family just to keep the secret on hold. And, you know, they're, like, again, a big prestigious family. We don't want this weird fucked up thing going on spreading to, like, oh, Japan. Um, but, yes, there, there's there's some characters who are within who have that family name who, like, clearly have some romantic tension with each other. It's not clear what's going on with that. It's a little ambiguous so far. So that's one problem the series has. The series also, of course, has, like, a weird problem when it comes to how they handle gender. Um, there's a character at some point that... I'll just say up front, this character's a woman. This character is supposed to be a woman, but I, it's the weird justification of why she is the way she is, um, is is a little weird, but it'll get into that. And I like her introduction in the, one of the most recent episodes kind of is the turning point where the series gets really melodramatic for no reason. Um, and, and I don't know, like, I, I'm curious to see, like, how people... I'm curious to see how the anime, like, depicts it, because the, the original series doesn't do that at all. The, the original series, like, remains, like, a weird romantic comedy stuck, like... It was very 2009 at that time. So, um, but otherwise, I do just have mostly good things to say about this series, but I, I'm definitely not denying that the series has just crazy, like, unnecessary shoujo tropes in it that really just did not need to be oh, there. Um, and it will it's it, a fun shoujo. Yeah, and it, yeah, and then it will just, it will just kind of... It's going to go into that really have a hand way. I'm looking forward to it to see how that pans out. Like, you know, especially in terms of like, just try to remember how the series pans out. Cause I, I know it was just really heavy and like, this is like, um, so yeah, looking forward to the ride of like, Oh God, like probably, Oh God, I don't know how many episodes this will be. Like the first season is going to be 26 episodes. So yeah, I imagine the other seasons might follow the same pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, they're probably going to adapt the manga uh, as close as possible, knowing how it's been yeah. so far. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty It's been pretty solid so far with that, at least in mind. Alright. Well, we have uh, two questions here. If you want to send in questions, feel free to send them anytime to uh, videogamechoochoo.tumba.com slash ask. Uh... Many Many Boston's asked, he asked this uh, last time, but uh, we're just going to kind of um, actually answer it now. Um, uh, let's see here. Something interesting to me about Dr. Stone is how after a few chapters in, the story changes protagonists. F- focusing entirely on Senku and regulating former series MC Taiju to a more minor role. This is a change for the better IMO. Are any of you fond of series that change their protag mid-series? Yeah, that that is kind of true. I mean, you know, like it it starts off with uh, focusing more on Taiju, who's the 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 boneheaded uh, buff boy, um, and it does shift to Senku pretty quick because hey, you know, he's the smart guy, and things are going to be more like brains versus brawn instead of brains and brawn working together. Um, so. I don't know. I mean, I th- I think I think that that was a good move. I'm trying to think of any other like shows that do that. Not many shows do that in the first place. I think mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. definitely not anime or manga that I can think of. Maybe there is, but I just need uh, to think about it. It's that that's not a common trope at all. I'd, yeah, that's interesting. I'd say uh, in a way, 
Katana Katari does this, like, it gradually, like, shifts perspective from one protagonist to the other, and, uh, not as quickly as Dr. Stone, but I guess for this purpose it counts as well. Uh, does it really smoothly as well, so you hardly notice until, uh, the show ends. Actually, um, yeah, and, like, okay, a series like Higurashi, that's based on a game, so that makes sense why that happened. So I don't know if that, like, necessarily counts, um, where you do have a shift between the, 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 the seasons to, to uncover, like, you know, what the hell actually is going on. Um, um, I, I, you know, because I love this series, so this is what came in my, like, Bakuno, like, it does that, but in a way, it was also because there wasn't really a main character to be Yeah, that's with. more of an ensemble was, cast, and, like... Yeah, yeah, Bakuno, Durara, like, it was more, like, the, the main characters, it's just the ensemble as a whole, so there really wasn't a central character it followed to begin with, so it was just, like, shifting across these different... Yeah, yeah, it was just sitting across this story from different perspectives, but it never really, def those series never really defined a central character to begin with, where it, it, it was a noticeable thing. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Hmm, I'm starting to think of something. Yeah, I can't think of anything, period. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad concept, huh. though, you know? Like, as long uh -huh. as it's done well and, you know, because uh, I'll be honest, I probably guessed that because it was a shonen jump manga. I bet the creator kind of realized, hmm, maybe Senku's a better pro tag and just changed gears because that is the right move, basically. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, if it, if it had stayed with uh, Taiju for the whole time, it would have been a lot more basic. And, you know, like, like I, I think, you know, him, like, pining over Suzuhara for a while and, like, that whole thrust of it was good for like an episode or two but if it kept going it would have gotten very boring uh, alright last question from Harlequin Wheels uh, that he asks favorite catchphrase in a show and also favorite localization of a catchphrase in a sub slash dub favorite anime catchphrase huh well um hmm well, oh, oh, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna answer this. I'm just gonna bring up something that I forgot to mention. Um, yet another injustice from the Netflix adaptation of Evangelion. They did not have Ray ask Asuka if she was riding Shinji's baloney pony, and I am very <laughs> angry about that. Yeah, yeah, yep. It was not. That was not what was said. Yeah. <laughs> the phrase baloney pony was not uttered in 2019 until I just did, so you're welcome. <laughs> Probably best to keep that phrase buried. Coward. Hmm. Coward! I, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about catchphrase specifically, but my favorite localization from anything is uh, entirely the Danganronpa 3 dub, which is my favorite dub oh. of all time. <laughs> yes, queen. Yes, queen. It's, I still can't believe that dub's real, to be honest. Ugh. We gotta show that, like, highlights video to LV after we're done recording. <laughs> God. <laughs> hey, is, it, is it, like, 
they 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 actually brought memes into the series, well, which mean, makes sense. I think I, they they brought it's just memes. bad. It's it's a bad dub, okay. but it's a funny one too, which is why I think it's my favorite localization of anything. It's I wouldn't even call it localized, honestly, as much as it is just mm-hmm. almost original, but. I mean, like, like Dangarumpa 3 is bad on its own, and then they just did that to it. <laughs> Which makes it worth it. Yeah. <laughs> on, honestly, just some of the terminology in the original Yu-Gi-Oh! is just insane. Like, the <laughs> just how they changed the possibly darker script into bullshit. Like, the Shadow Realm and stuff like that, I think that's, I think... And that has stayed. That has stayed with people. No one's gonna remember like. No one's gonna remember like oh like a character saying I'm gonna kill you or something like that. No, they're gonna remember I'm gonna send you to the shadow shadow realm. That's that. I'm I'm impressed by that honestly. Like, I don't think that's honestly like more something. That's something that stays versus someone outright saying you're, they're gonna kill you someone. Um, yeah. Sometimes stuff like yeah. that is is more iconic and better. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Sometimes, quote-unquote, censorship is good. Yeah. Is, is, the, is In the Heart of the Cards, like, a dub-specific thing as well? Like, I wouldn't I, know. I wonder. But God, that's so <laughs> iconic, too. Like, yeah, I, how, like, I feel like it's not in the original script. I believe the... I, I bet, like, In the Heart of Cards is, like... A, I mean, me and my adult-ass friends who still play Yu-Gi-Oh! say that whenever we need a good draw, and you know what? It never works. <laughs> Uh-huh. So, you know, we don't I guess we don't have the heart of the cards. Mm-hmm. Very upsetting. Alright. Thank you so much, everyone. And uh thank you all for listening. Um before we move on to the, the, the wrap up, um I guess we will announce what the next anime we're watching is. Uh Elvie, you got to pick this time. Um I did. Yeah. Yeah, you finally got your chance. It's been a while. <laughs> Uh, so why don't you go ahead and announce it and you can talk about why you chose it and all that. Um, so it was several different things I was, um, mowing over, but then I realized it probably does make more sense and it's timely and I think it's appropriate and I think it's super respectful and I think people would appreciate, especially after like post Evangelion, you know, let's, let's, let's go something more lighthearted and just cute. Uh, our next anime will be Tamako Market by Kyoto Animation. Um, so this series is not as well, well, it is well known. Um, it's by the two women who pretty much directed and written K-On, um, and this is an anime original that they ended up doing after, after K-On's success, you know, like, you know, let's do something, let's do something different here. And the premise really is, the premise really is like, oh, you have this huge ensemble of characters. Um, the main character, she stumbles upon this weird ass bird. This weird ass, this weird ass chubby bird, very cute, annoying asshole of a bird, <laughs> that is trying to seek out what he claims to be a bride for a prince he's trying to help. And there's this weird kind of like magical tiny aspect of the show. But otherwise, it's like a generally realistic slice of life show about a girl working for her family's mochi business in this big like marketplace. Well, not a district, but this mar- big marketplace alleyway. It's it's a very cute show, and that's pretty much what I have to say about it. It's mm-hmm. a cute show about finding love and eating mochi, really. <laughs> sounds good. So, sounds, yeah. And, uh-huh. yeah. and there's also a movie sequel that's optional, but it's okay. there as well. All right. 
Well, yeah, we thought we thought it would be nice to watch a KyoAni show after the uh, the the horrible events that went down. I thought we thought that it would be nice to, you know, pay some, pay tribute to the to the wonderful folks, and uh, you know, hope hopefully that everyone is strong and they the the survivors recover and uh you know our 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 thoughts are with kyoani always and um you know and this would also just be a good like ease off from ava <laughs> um also i guess i will mention that um probably by the time that we uh pick another anime um the patreon will be changing I don't know if it would be smart for us to say exactly how, but I'll just tease and say that everyone listening, y'all should maybe think about some 12-episode animes that you like that we haven't watched yet. That's that's all I'll say. Um, so yeah, so thanks so much for listening, everyone. Uh, if you want to follow the Twitter, at VGChuChu, Tumblr, VGChuChu.tumblr.com. Uh, we have our Discord server, thegamezone.zone. You can go there, and you can hang out with us, talk about anime, talk about games, everything. Also, thank you so much to uh, Harlequin Wheels for our podcast art. It's the fucking best. I still love God, it. It really is. I'm I'm so waiting. Excellent. I'm waiting to get more money from my school so I can ask Wheels to like extend it because I want to buy another playmat <laughs> and have our art on it. For Yu-Gi-Oh! That's, that's the ideal. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, and thank you for listening. Uh, also, yeah, go to patreon.com slash VGCC to donate and listen to our episodes a week early. Thank you so much. Alright, we'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Chujigatri Unlimited Trainworks. Goodbye! Recovered from her battles, Rose returns to the show. Trixie lands the final blow on the Shield Hero, destroying Crunchyroll in the process. But don't worry, we still have time for some fan service. Next time on Chuchigatri Unlimited Trainworks, she said, Don't make me slap you for your bad jokes. <laughs>